0: SEO is AEO, welcome to the show, Jason Barnard.
1: Okay, so today I have a pleasure to interview Jason Barnard. And so I'm very excited about that. I'll try my best. So we are going to talk today about the Google cookbook, making content easy to digest, which is actually, uh, for me, it's it's a very big problem because sometimes you can't just, you know, it's very popular to have all those uh, long grads but it's really hard to just, you know, to read them. And uh, so I guess that's a very hot topic nowadays.
0: Yep, it's a very big topic too. And I'm going to talk about it tomorrow, so I've prepared it all, finished the slide deck this morning, and I'm ready to rock with this one.
1: Okay, but uh, first of all, what do you mean by digest?
0: Ah, I like the idea that Google is having trouble not only collecting its food, which is information, but also swallowing it and then digesting it so that it becomes energy for Google. Isn't mm. that a lovely, lovely idea? So, yeah, we very, have Google very, that be, very, good yeah. uh,
1: kind of uh, comparison. I just made it. I,
0: I hadn't thought about the answer to that one, which is really stupid mm. of me, because I wrote the questions. Um, yeah, so it, it, it needs to uh, identify, collect, swallow, and digest all this information to become energy to be able to give the answers to the users. So, and this is the point, and it's a phenomenally big problem for Google.
1: Okay so it's just more about understanding what's going on on particular pages and giving the right results to people yep. based on this data. Yeah. Okay. So you talk about four main four main focal points. Let's go through them by one by one, one. Yep. So starting from structured data schema which is very popular right now. Yep. So like just Tell me how it relates to digesting by well,
0: Google. The structured data, as we all know, just confirms what's already on the page. So Google will have digested or will have swallowed rather the, the information on the page, even though it wasn't structured, but it won't be fully confident it's understood it. So you put the schema mark up and then it becomes incredibly confident and that's what I would call digesting and then it's sure of what it's so doing. So you know
1: ingredients actually. So you know, like, okay, this is cucumber and it was organic. Yeah
0: exactly so yeah you can you can you can give it all the information that break break your food down into ingredients i'm not sure how far this is gonna yeah yeah, i don't know how far this is gonna fly as an idea but we can keep trying (laughs) um but you break it down into name value pairs so it really knows what you're talking about and one thing i see is that people go okay great i'll use it and what they don't realize and probably what they don't do is use it all over the place you have somebody like martha van burkel who says use it on every page um uh, Bill Strazewski will tell you the same thing. Uh, Aaron Bradley will tell you the same thing, and they're all right. And it's incredibly difficult to do because it's time-consuming, uh, and it's 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 not always easy. Does it create easy.
1: any kind of conflicts when you just you know just go everywhere with structured data?
0: Well, you should be able to put it on every page because you can explain almost everything with structured data. The only problem comes if you say in structured data something that isn't on the page, which is a mistake that a lot of people make, that's spam. Uh, We're trying to cheat the engine again, so obviously you want to stay stay honest. Um, And Dave... I can't remember his name, Jogo, I think it was, no, I can't remember, (coughs) anyway, uh, was saying when you're building a new site, start thinking about structured data and build it from the structured data upwards, because if you do that, you will identify how your pages are structured, what's in them, and how the overall site is structured. So you So
1: you need to start from structured data.
0: If, if you're doing a new site, start with structured data. That was his advice. So you've got not only your ontologies, categorizations, that idea of, of, of splitting your content into silos, but then you also have but structured data. But
1: what about data. CMS systems? Because if you, like a lot of people just, you know, don't build a website from a scratch, they just use WordPress or Joomla or something like that.
0: Yeah, okay, so, so thinking about your new site, you're obviously going to think about categorization. When you're thinking about that, think about what scheme we're going to put on each category. And that mm-hmm. will help you understand where you're going wrong with your categorization ah, because you okay. will spot the error. I yeah. used uh, WordLift, which is Gennaro cuofano and Andrea Volpini, uh, uh. Um, who are brilliant guys. And I put it on my website, and, and they basically do this structured data and they try and put everything into entities uh, with relationships. And I yeah. realized how badly I explained everything. I mean, I wrote Jason Barnard double bass. Mm. And that means I'm a double bass, and I'm not a double bass, I'm a double bass player. So I'm using the thing for what I'm doing with it, as it were, Um, and, and that's very, very confusing for Google. Jason Barnard is a double bass, which is incredibly stupid. Jason Barnard is a double bass player, is much more intelligent. But as uh, human beings, sense. we make that link between double base and double base player. It's obvious what we're talking about. Uh, and so I went through my website and realized how rubbish I was. And I should have started with schema. So that, that's the first one. That's incredibly big. Uh, and I can't stress it enough, but I think the people who listen to this already know that. Next point.
1: Okay, dumb extraction. HTML5.
0: <laughs> I love HTML5. I think I'm the only fan in the world of HTML, semantic HTML5. Maybe not. The biggest fan in the world of HTML5, semantic HTML5. Um, The idea that Google can go into your page and immediately identify which are the important parts of the content is completely ridiculous. Extracting from DOMS is very difficult. The DOM structure becomes very quickly, very complicated. HTML5, obviously, identifies which is the central content, which is the menu, which is the sidebar, which is the nav, so on and so forth. And you can say, look, concentrate here, man. Uh Off you go. Uh, And if you look at sites like Amazon or Yelp or Wikipedia, they're structured incredibly, always the same way. So Google will take the time to figure out how they're structured because it needs that data. And those sites are so phenomenally big and so phenomenally important that it has to do it. But on my little site, it obviously doesn't. Mm -hmm. So I need to give it HTML5 structured, uh, sorry, semantic HTML5. Mm -hmm. Um, Cindy Crum also (coughs) mentioned a really nice example of using AMP. Mm. Pages because AMP is very simple and structured so you end up with the situation if you have an AMP page and a normal HTML page Google can look at the two compare them and realize or confirm to itself that it's fully understood your HTML mm. By using the AMP because it's structured and because it's hosted on Google and because it's very simple love that idea
1: Okay, so makes sense But, but uh, by the way
0: Cindy Chrome quick- makes a lot of sense a lot of the time all of the time oops <laughs> Sorry Cindy <laughs>
1: So I'm just wondering about, like, you know, categorization inside e-commerce website. So do you need to just, you know, stay with the same navigation when it comes to just, you know, browsing uh, via Google when you try to keep it, like, you know, structured? I mean, across big web, e-commerce websites.
0: I love the question. It wasn't on the list, so you're cheating here.
1: <laughs> a little bit. A
0: little bit. And I now know what it feels like when somebody asks you a question you're not ready for. So yes, and in fact, really interesting is uh, you've got Joan Alderson and Cindy Crumb, so she keeps coming back. The idea of, Joan Alderson says blocks, Cindy Crumb says fraggles, and it's the idea that we don't look at web pages, categories, and so on. We look at blocks. The website uh-huh. contains blocks, which are categories. Yeah. Within those categories, you have pages, which are blocks. Within those pages, you have HTML5 semantic blocks. Right. And within those blocks, you have fraggles, which is Cindy Crumb's super-duper favorite thing in the whole wide world, which is the headings, which then break that main contact into blocks of heading two plus mm-hmm. paragraph. So whatever level you're looking at it, you're looking at it the same way, i.e. blocks. And that's what Google wants to do and it's trying to do, and uh-huh. that's where we're going. To
1: simplify everything.
0: It's indexing in blocks or fraggles, as Cindy calls them. It's indexing in blocks. So Ah. we need to think in blocks, and all of the things that we've done, the DOM and the HTML5 and Mm -hmm. the schema markup is helping Google see these blocks and understand these blocks as individual chunks of content. I say chunks, by the way, which is rubbish, Mm. I know. So I said chunks, and Jonah said, nah, blocks is better.
1: Okay, he's like a pro.
0: Yeah, Jonah's a good guy. So, yeah, brilliant.
1: In those blocks, we have tables and lists. Yes. So what about them?
0: Tables are brilliantly, super-duper interesting, if you're into that kind of thing. Arnout Helmans was talking about it. Um, I think it was 95% of all tables on the web are used for design and not for data. So Google has a phenomenal problem identifying which tables are design and which ones are data. Hmm. And it's it's had to do that with machine learning. It can now identify which ones do contain data, and it actually has an experimental search within its table database that yeah, Ar- yeah. Arnit yeah, mentioned on yeah. it's the webinar. It's very intelligent
1: and just, you know, it, it simplifies yeah. users' life, what I think, because when you search something, it's just like...
0: Okay. The, other, the other really interesting story with tables is we're coming back to these very old HTML elements, tables mm-hmm. and lists, which we all kind of threw away with the bathwater uh, 15 years ago. Sorry, that's baby with the bathwater. <coughs> but it's all old-school HTML that's now coming back, which is incredibly in, well, interesting, fun, silly, ridiculous but cool and another thing I can't remember who told me this it might have been Dawn Anderson, might not can't remember Um, is when you've got a table it's really good to describe underneath what's in the table for two reasons, one of which is some people don't like reading tables they prefer reading text, a bit like videos with transcripts, the other is that it confirms to Google what it's understood and it allows you to give co-occurrence and context around the table that makes that table all the more powerful in Google's index. Brilliant ah. stuff.
1: So you just, you know, add description after a table?
0: Yeah, you describe your own table. It sounds a bit silly, but actually when you see a page with that happening on it, it makes sense to human beings. Anyone who doesn't want to read the description because they've read the table or vice versa just skips, Google gets double confirmation. Okay. And it creates phenomenal co-occurrence and contacts around your table that makes it more powerful in Google's algorithm. So you will tend to come up more. And I mean, I can't, I can't see it can be any other way.
1: Brilliant. I'll do that.
0: Brilliant! Love Brilliant it.
1: advice. I'll do that definitely because yeah. we have a few tables and we also use lists.
0: Yeah, and the other thing is get rid of all the tables in your website that are doing design and replace them with divs because div divs do the job perfectly well. Then, then you're sending a very clear signal, in my opinion, to Google. I use table properly, and every table on my website is full of data, and Google will take that as a very positive sign. And it is help the beast feed itself, help oh, yeah. the beast digest. The beast will help you. Sorry, I'm calling Google a beast. I just said it was really nice, but maybe it isn't. Okay, sorry.
1: He's a lovely pet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, Google, the Google pet. Google pet. Can we call it a pet? Yeah. Mm, not the beast.
1: Okay, so the last one about free text and syna- semantic triples.
0: Yeah, semantic triples, love them.
1: Don't. I have no idea what is
0: semantic okay. triples. Entity, relationship, entity. Ah. I mean It's sentences, ah, English grammar. Yeah, it's really simple. I mean, I I was going to semantic triples for ages, and then...
1: But it sounds so good!
0: Well, Bill Swlowski explained it to me when I said (laughs) something really stupid about it, he explained it very kindly in this kind of, yeah, don't worry, Jason, you haven't understand, but here's how it is, man. Uh, Which is great, I love it. Um, And the idea of a semantic triple is very powerful, because if you think about a knowledge graph, you've got entities related to each other Mm -hmm. with relationships, which is a bit of an obvious statement, with attributes. And you can explain those to Google and, in fact, to users using the idea of entity-relationship entity. Okay. And so you, if you look at your text, you can then give it as a knowledge graph, which is, once again, what WordLift does. Uh, knowledge
1: at, graph is cool.
0: I love knowledge graphs. It's my top favorite subject. Yeah. Don't know why I'm talking about uh, content <laughs> feeding the beast. I, I should be talking, oh, no, because I did it in October on digital numbers, that's why. Um, and, and the other thing is people write sentences. I, I'm going to try and make one up, but it's actually not that easy. Um, hang on, what was it? Um, Clark's are the nicest company in the whole wide world and they sell the most incredibly beautiful, all sorts and types of shoes. Uh-huh. And you have the entity, which is Clerks, the entity, which is shoes, and the relationship, which is sells, separated by lots of words. For a human being, that's okay. We can kind of remember what's at the beginning of the sentence when we get to the end, but for a machine, that's incredibly difficult to do. So you should yeah. really say, the most wonderful company in the entire universe, which is Clarks, sells shoes mm. for men, women, and children that are incredibly beautiful, or split it up into several sentences. So you're getting those.
1: Yeah, you're simplifying everything.
0: Yeah, and you get it close together. and You can, you can put all the fluff and the poetry at the beginning and the end, don't put it in between the entity, the relationship. Okay, so and the you're other just entity. like
1: breaking the connections.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people say write short sentences. You don't need to write short sentences. It does help, but you can write these long sentences with all these wonderful words in and make it very poetic and very charming to the user and still keep it very understandable and digestible for the beast. Oh, the pet, <laughs> sorry, shit. <laughs>
1: We just we, we, we lost a little bit in our just internal terminology, Brilliant, but we'll yeah. figure out it later. And,
0: and then the, the other one is co-occurrence and context clouds, which are Dawn Anderson and Bill Strausky's <coughs> favorite things. Uh, and the idea that you use words that tend to occur together, she uses the example uh, of seashore, beach, shell, sea, uh-huh. ship, cliff, uh, beach towel, beach ball, so it's or all related to co-occurrence, and it's using yeah. those words around it to, to 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 create what Bill would call a context cloud, which yeah. is saying this context cloud, this, this particular topic has this cloud of context around it, which is created by the words of co-occurrence. Creating a picture. Yes. You just like oh, brilliant.
1: You're just like you see a picture. Yeah. It's like sending you some emotions. You just can feel it. It's yeah.
0: Like, and that, 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 oh, I, can, I can end this little bit on that point is what I once again, with tables coming back, with lists coming back, mm-hmm. it's all this old stuff, and also I would say, link building is now PR personally speaking, that's really nice. You probably disagree: um, No no I
1: agree. Oh
0: crumbs. agree that's really good. Everyone <laughs> agrees. How lovely. Um, and, and then real writing is coming back.: yeah uh, we're not keyword stuffing, we're not having these awful sentences that, that don't no, no,
1: don't do that. Yeah and, your flow and, logic should be. Really easy to follow. Yeah.
0: So we get real writing back, real copywriting.
1: Yeah, um, it's very important. Brilliant. Very I'm,
0: I'm so, so, so happy about that. Yeah.
1: So let's sum up things. Uh, so we need to use structured data and all those beautiful terms yep. in order to make Google understand better what we do. But yep. Jason will sum up it better using all his terminology. Oh,
0: I thought you were doing really well then. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that was it. It's... We need to use structured data. We need to structure our data, html 5 semantic repitals, uh tables, yes. lists, schema markup, and Bob's your uncle. Yep. Bingo.
1: That's
0: it. SEO is a o. Thank you, Jason. Isn't it weird that I'm singing to myself? Thank you, Alex, for interviewing me. That was really good fun. <laughs>
1: Thank you.